Hello, my name is Liz, and I'm the Children's and Outreach Pastor here at Hydrant Church, and we're so thankful that you tuned in with us today. As we continue our series on Advent, I love Advent. It's, it's this time of preparation, this time of hope and anticipation of what is to come. These four weeks before Christmas help us to remember to remember what has happened in the past and to prepare our hearts for what is to come in the future. We remember the waiting, the waiting for Jesus, the waiting for the return of God's son who came on that first Christmas season. We've been in a season of waiting for a while now. And I think more now than ever, we feel that. We feel the anticipation of waiting. 2020 has been a season of, it seems, nothing else but waiting. Sometimes we feel like it's been waiting for the next ball to drop. What next catastrophe is going to happen? Sometimes it feels like it's a season of waiting for a new normal, whatever that would mean. Just like God's people years ago, they're waiting for their Messiah to come, waiting for the one that would save them from the world that they are living in. This season of waiting has been hard. During this time, we've been having a hard time finding balance in our waiting. COVID has pushed us to find ways to work from home, work remotely. Bosses have given us freedom to work on our own as long as the job gets done, and we have found an imbalance. Some of us have found ourselves in a season where we have more time than ever, more time that we have been able to sit and to do fun things, but also sit and, and wait for what is to come. Essential workers in fields have more hours and more demands. You find yourself needing to homeschool your children, take care of the sick. The list of things seems to be piling on more and more. And then some of us find ourselves on the opposite end. You find yourself with so much time. Jobs have unfortunately slowed down and places of work have cut your hours and, and the unthinkable may have happened and you've lost your job. This season has been one of waiting, but it's also created a lack of balance in our lives. Today, we're going to focus on the balance of work and rest and why they're both so important to us, especially in this season that we find ourselves in. Once we've created that balance of work and rest, we find that we can find rhythms of simplicity and they help us to find connections that fuel us and deepen our friendships, our relationships with God and others, and our walk in faith. Finding balance is hard. It takes work. But it is so necessary, especially today. Sabbath is what we'll be talking about, and Sabbath is to abstain from work, to rest. It's necessity in life that most of us don't slow down enough to actually make a priority in our lives. And in order to understand this thing that we say is a priority, we have to go back to the beginning. We have to find out why this thing is important. Why is it necessary? 
And so we have to go back, back before even Jesus was born, to a time when the law was very, very clear about work and rest. You see, the Israelites were no stranger to work. They had, they had worked hard, and they had been waiting for a season that was more of rest. They had been waiting for someone to rescue them for longer than they could remember. They had been worked to the bone by Pharaoh after Pharaoh after Pharaoh. After decades of waiting, it was finally time. Time to be rescued. Time to come out of Egypt. And for the Israelites, it was the greatest thing that could ever happen to them. In Exodus, God said to Moses, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. You should not make yourself carved images or bow down to them and serve them, for I am a jealous God. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is Sabbath to your Lord God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servants, your female servants, your livestock, or those who enter into your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal and do not bear fault witness. Do not covet your neighbor. These commands were sent to God's people through Moses to help them, to guide them into a healthy place. Over time, the laws about rest became more. They, they took on a new form, and, and there were some pretty specific things that you could not do. In fact, there were 39 laws or forms of work that were forbidden for people to do on the Sabbath. One of those in particular was gleaning. Now, what? Why does gleaning matter? What, what is it about gleaning? First, gleaning is the act of picking up leftover crops in a farmer's field. Now, this, this fact right here is super important because in order to know where we're going, we have to keep moving forward, and we, we find ourselves remembering another story, a story about Jesus. Now, Jesus is, is with his disciples in their working, and we find ourselves in chapter 6 of Luke. Jesus has been born, and he's started that ministry, and the religious leaders of that time are not happy with him at all. And when this is happening, they're, they're continuously looking for a reason to be mad at Jesus, to catch him in doing something that he shouldn't be able to do. Luke 6 says, on the Sabbath, while he was going through the grain field, his disciples plucked and ate a head of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is unlawful? To do that on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, he entered in the house of God and, and took and ate the bread of the presence which is not lawful for any of them except the priests to eat. And he also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. 
See, the Pharisees have been trying so hard to catch Jesus that they had forgotten some important things. I love Jesus' response. He says, do you remember that king you all love, that David guy, that one that you, you think is great? Remember how he did something wrong? He didn't get in trouble. He gave bread to those that were not priests, even though the bread was only meant for those that are priests. But he didn't get in trouble. And then he says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He's telling them, hey, no one cares about the Sabbath more than me. No one cares about this as much as I do. But it is so much more than you are thinking it is. There's so much more to Sabbath than these 39 rules of things you can't do. Oftentimes, I think we think that Sabbath is a day of nothing. Or it's, it's a dream. Hey, one day, one day I'll get there. One day I'll have a Sabbath. Something that we hope to be able to get but never carve out time to do. And if we ever fully get caught up on the laundry, the housework, the schoolwork, not pick up that extra shift or work that extra job so we can have that car that we want, we all have a million and one reasons why we don't rest, why we don't protect that time, why we don't take a day to fill our souls back up. As a kid, I always thought that Sabbath seemed out of place in the Ten Commandments. Don't kill, that made sense, and listen to your mom and dad, yeah, yep, that one makes sense, get in big trouble if you don't. But of all the things that God could tell us to do, taking a nap seemed completely out of place. Of all the things that he could say, a nap didn't make sense. Yet we have more and more pressure on work and to do work than ever before. It's created a bigger need for rest. And still we use all of the excuses in the world of why we're not going to do it, of why we'll do it one day, someday, probably in the future. We've created a horrible cycle that unless we're intentional, we will never, ever get out of. But how do we do it? How do we get out of this cycle? And, and really the bigger question is why? Why should we get out of this cycle? You see, we need to create rhythms, ones that create simplicity in our lives, ones that make room for rest and true ability to connect, not just fleeting, passing by connection. We know that God has called us to Sabbath, and we know that he told the Israelites to, but they were slaves. They'd, they'd worked for forever. So, of course, they would need a rest. They need to make up for all those hard years of work, right? We know that God rested after the seventh day, but so? How you guys, have you thought about this before? I'd never thought about the, the true meaning of God rested. Have you thought about the fact that God, the all-powerful God, the, the one that has created the entire universe, the one that has all of the ability, rested? Did God get tired? Was he exhausted from creating everything? No, he wasn't. But he took time to rest. 
He took time to reflect, to see that what he had done before was good. He worked hard. He pushed hard. He did things that were were intense and, and draining. And he reflected on those things. And he prepared for what was next. Sabbath is rest for the soul. But what is rest? Rest is to be utterly satisfied with what you have done. God looked at all he had created and all that he had done, and he was completely happy with the work he created. The things that had started, the life that had been developed, and he said, it is good. So on that last day, he rested. God modeled the discipline of stopping, of being satisfied with what he had done. I don't know about you, but I've never been good at modeling the discipline of stopping. I remember when I was interviewing for Hydrant and, and Pastor Tim had asked me, what do you do on your day off? I, I looked at him and I said, uh, I attend meetings. You see, in that season of, of my life, Mondays were my day off, but that was also the day that we recapped what the weekend was, and, and we would go in for meetings after meetings, and I was never good at protecting that day off, and so the next thing I knew, it was 6 p.m., and I was going home to start my day off. I'd never been good at modeling this, and so after I had interviewed and accepted the job, I remember Pastor Tim texting me one day as I was packing up my house to move here, and he says, I can't wait for you to join Hydrant. Today I took my day off with Mr. Crappie and we had a meeting out on the lake. Oh, I knew in that moment that I was going to learn how to Sabbath. <laughs> I was going to learn how to take time off. Now I'm still not good at it. I still need to learn how to protect my days and to create rhythms of simplicity that allow for true rest but I'm getting there. I'm still learning that days off are a gift, and I need to accept that gift. Now, seasons will change, and, and I will have times where I'm not going to be able to take the entire day, or I'm, I'm not going to have one this week, but I'll take one next week. That will happen. It's, it's the reality of life. But I have to do everything in my power to protect them when I can. I've had to develop disciplines of stopping and admiring that work that has been done. I have to prepare myself and my heart for what is to come and the work that is going to follow that next week. The fourth commandment of honoring the Sabbath is God giving you permission to stop and rest. Resting honors God and his work within us. It honors the work he's done and the life that he has given us. Something to recognize in all of this is that it's not just the physical work that we do. It's not just the physical things that we need rest from. Our, our bodies do need rest. But another major piece of why we need rest is the mental work that is happening as well. The work that's going on behind the job. The work that's going on deeper in our souls. 
the internal work that's hard work, the work of those heavy burdens that we hold, the work it is to carry the weight of our loved ones, the paying the bills of the life that we are living, that work we need rest from too. This rest isn't just a day off. It's not just a day to sleep in and and do nothing. It's soul rest. So how do we do that? How do we find soul rest? The first major thing that we have to do is admit that we're not God. Yikes. As much as we can pretend like we can admit that, we still think that the world will stop and, and, and halt if we're not doing something. We have to recognize that the world will keep on moving even if we don't. That God will continue to provide, that God will continue to work even if we have stopped. We can take a break. That we can continue the work later. I have a really hard time admitting this. In fact, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of my dogs, Sasha, had puppies, and uh, it was in the middle of tutoring, and we were going to have services that weekend, and, and all of the things, and I had to stay home with Sasha. And for a minute, as I was trying to find other people to do the portions of my job that I do during the week, I thought, nah, it'll be easier. It'll be easier if I just find somebody to stay home with Sasha and the puppies. But I had to remember that I'm not as important as I think I am. Now, that's not, that's not a beating myself up thing. That's not a, oh, poor Liz thing. But that's remembering that God is God and he is in control. That God is the one who does the work. I had to remind myself that the world will keep spinning even if I stop. Timothy Keller is one of my favorite authors, and he offers a great guide on some other ways that we will be able to find soul rest. His first biggest thing is he says, do something that brings balance to your time. Now, this doesn't mean that you you find some time for rest and then you find some time for, for going and doing and doing and doing and doing. No, this is, this is finding balance in your day. Do something you don't normally do. Go and, and take a hike. Go and sit in your favorite chair and read from Scripture. Go and spend time with your kids or your family. If you're a cashier, stay out of stores. If you're a teacher, don't grade papers that day. Do something that is not in your everyday routine. Next, take some time to figure out who you are and whose you are. Worship, journal, listen to podcasts, connect with God through nature or in your favorite chair in your house. Do something to figure out who you are as well as whose you are. The last thing is do something that gives you rest. Something that's inactive, something that's unplanned, that gives you time to feel and think and be. This is unplanned time 
We spend so much time pushing towards doing and going that we don't just stop and allow our thoughts to come. We are constantly running from our feelings and things that we don't want to feel. So take time to feel and to experience emotions. Creating rhythms of work, then rest, is simple. It's easy, yet we find ourselves doing exactly the opposite. We all have a tendency to fill our time to the brim, cramming each day as much as we possibly can just to fit it all in. I do this. I cram my week so full and get it in, and then I find myself getting to my day off, and, and I can't finish everything, and so then I'm working on my day off. Or I'm sleeping so much because I'm so exhausted from the week before that I can't do anything else. But I'm not getting true rest. I'm not finding rhythms that help me to connect to God when I've worked myself to the bone that I can't even get out of bed. Rhythms that help me stay healthy so that on my day off, I'm worshiping, I'm thinking, I'm feeling, I'm experiencing life with others. Let's go back to that concept of gleaning. Oftentimes, we see it as an act of service. The farmers leave the crops around the edges of the field so that those that can't afford food or can't grow their own get to glean or pick up what is left. But in reality, it's so much more than that. See, a farmer knows what they can and cannot harvest in a season. And so by allowing for margin in their fields, they've created space to harvest more if they can, but to rest and to not if they need to. That's what we need in our lives. Work, rest, repeat. Find rhythms that are going to give your soul rest so that you can connect with God and others in a true way. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful for your word and being able to share what has been on my heart, God, where you have been working. Lord, we are, we are people who try and cram full a day. I know I'm guilty of that. Lord, help us to stop, to rest, and, and to reflect on the things that you have done, the work that you have done on our lives, and prepare our hearts for what is to come. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you are constantly moving and constantly shaping us. In your name we pray. Amen.